0: W294AR Auburn WGCCHD3 Waverly
1: Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 1067 A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated
2: You are on the line Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
3: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on the line. The show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. On the Thursday edition of the show, Jacob Goins with you and Christian Clemente in the house for our number one. Christian Clemente from 24-7 Sports now his new job. Christian, thanks so much for being in here yet again this week. How's the new job going, man?
1: Dude, it's going good. I was talking with you a little bit before the show. Um, I'm sure pretty much everyone can relate. It's been a little stressful to start figuring out different system, um, getting training on some different stuff and whatnot. But I mean, so far I've loved it. The guys over at 24-7 in the Auburn market and just throughout the 24-7 market just in general are great. So it's been a lot of fun working with them. And I mean, we'll get talking about it, but we've had a lot to work on recruiting wise. So it's been fun.
3: Absolutely. Well, good to hear that it's going well. And glad to have you back in the studio yet again uh, here on the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in the auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday afternoon. It is June 9th, which means we are 86 days away from the college football season. 86 days away from September 3rd when Auburn will hit the football field and... I'm excited. We've had a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to the football team. Auburn has picked up a guy out of the transfer portal, wide receiver Coy Moore, and then Auburn has had guys on campus for recruiting. They're having camps all all the time it seems like right now with just players upon players coming in and doing whatever they need to do. So, lots to talk about. We're going to get into a bunch with you today, my friend. If you guys want to call in, be a part of the show, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321 1390 that's the number to put you through to me if you have a question comment concern for me if you have a question about recruiting for christian or anything else on your mind in the sports world we would love to hear from you call in be a part of the show 334-321-1390 well christian let's jump right into it last week we had you on the show we talked about the five players that were going to be on campus for official visits and they came and from what i heard it was a pretty successful weekend
1: Yeah so it was really good. Um, One quick note was you know we talked about last week Keon Brown was expected to be in. He ended up not coming. Um, He went to Oklahoma and he actually committed to Oklahoma that weekend. Um, But Auburn picks up another wide receiver this weekend actually and it brings an immediate boost to the team because they brought in Coy Moore for an official visit. Um, That was kind of a last second addition a little bit and he ends up committing Um, and he actually enrolled and signed yesterday. Um, I saw him at the athletic complex kind of moving in and talking with coaches and stuff like that yesterday. Okay, cool. So he's here already. He's ready to get to work. Um, but then the other four guys, the high schoolers that were here, I mean, everything went really, really well, to be honest. I mean, there was a lot of planning that went on um, because Friday they have an elite camp, or last Friday they did have an elite camp. So you have like 300 kids on campus for that. They had four unofficial visitors, like 20, 24, 2025 20, kids. Um, so younger kids, but very talented in their own right that are visiting campus. And then the official visitors come in as well so there's a lot of planning a lot of organization that has to go on and a lot of opportunity for things to go wrong and things really didn't go wrong it went, <laughs> it went very smoothly um, everything worked out as planned and I mean all the kids really really liked it um, we can go down the line a little bit Brock Glenn the quarterback that was in um, he's actually named after Auburn his full name is Auburn Brock Glenn um, and we, we did kind of get an official timeline on his commitment date now he's been kind of saying he wants to do it roughly before july okay Um, but now he's trying to do it before elite 11 because he did get invited to the finals which starts june 28th Uh, i believe that's either a tuesday or a wednesday here at the end of the month and so he's hoping to do it that weekend before then Um, so he left and auburn is in a fantastic spot with him the interesting note is since he did leave ohio state has offered him now oh okay and he's planning to officially visit there but I still think Auburn stands in a good spot because there's a couple things that really work in Auburn's favor. Um, one is obviously the family connection here to the school. He's familiar with Auburn beforehand, but he's also very big on relationships and Auburn has had, I mean, Auburn's been recruiting him probably the longest, um, out of the top schools that he's, um, still considering, especially more than Ohio state. Well,
3: how um, long has Ohio state been in the picture?
1: Not overly long. They've been communicating with him a little bit, but not fully recruiting him like Auburn has, um, and this is a kid that's rising up the rankings. You know, he started as a three-star kid. Uh, he just got bumped up to a four-star. So, okay. And I mean, when you look at the optics of it, you know, it, you think about it like this: if he were to have commit to Auburn like a month ago, you're beating out like TCU and Mississippi State, and everyone's like, oh, like, oh, okay, we got our quarterback. Like, that's kind of nice. Now, if you get a commitment from him, you're getting a four-star commitment. You're beating out Ohio State. Florida got in the mix. Florida State has gotten in the mix. It looks like a very much more impressive win and that just comes from Auburn's long-standing relationship there so
3: and that and that will speak to other recruits that you know a quarterback like himself would pick Auburn over a school like Ohio State where quarterbacks have had really good success over the years
1: yeah exactly now he is going to officially visit there so I'm not 100% convinced he's going to be coming to Auburn but I have my crystal ball pick in for Auburn right now and I feel pretty confident in that awesome so i mean everything went really well there um what
3: about some of the others that were here yeah, last weekend some of the
1: other ones uh jamal jarrett he was kind of the x factor we talked about because he had never visited auburn before so it was kind of a what is this going to be like can auburn make a really strong first impression and auburn did um the interesting note there is um the first ever camp rivals camp that he went to um he was paired up with aniche sledge who just enrolled at auburn um, a couple weeks ago what as a freshman name. yeah and so they've been like They've been like brothers um, ever since. They've been extremely close. So Aniche was his player host um, last weekend. Um, And Jamal loved it, man. He said after the visit, if he had a top two, it would be Auburn and Georgia. Um, So Auburn is immediately in the mix there. I mean, we knew they were in the mix, but I wasn't sure if they'd be able to get up into that kind of top tier, and they have. And another interesting note with him, is he's friends with Sadir Mitchell, a defensive tackle out of New Jersey. Right. Sadir is officially visiting June 24th. Jamal is also going to come down that weekend. He said it's basically like taking a second official visit, except for he has to actually pay for his hotel and stuff this time. Gotcha. So he's going to come down when Sadir is here, spend the weekend. He wants to work with uh, defensive line coach Jimmy Brumbaugh. So, I mean, everything seems to have gone really well there for Auburn to try and make this a really strong battle there. Cool. Um, other guy, another guy. Ian Jafard, the big offensive lineman. I
3: saw some really good notes about him. I saw yeah. that what he put. He said if he had to choose right now, Auburn
1: would be his top school. Is that correct? Yeah, he said Auburn's at the top. Um, now he does have visits remaining to Boston College and Arkansas this month, but I mean Auburn made a really strong impression there. Auburn's looking to sign four to five, maybe even six offensive linemen this class. Um, so he that, is a po- that's unheard of. Yeah. Um, so he's a really strong possibility there. Um, now he is not deciding until December. So you still do have some time there um, to play things out. And, I mean, there's other guys on the board as well, but Auburn's in a great spot there. Um, And then the last guy uh, outside of Coy Moore would be Jaden Osbury, um, who's here uh, or was here for an official, um, obviously the brother of Austin Osbury. Um, And this was his third time to campus, and, I mean, he really, really enjoyed it. I think Auburn sits at the top there. I still don't think it's a gimme just because his brother is here that Auburn lands him. Notre Dame um, and actually head coach Marcus Freeman there is pushing extremely hard. Okay. LSU is pushing hard. Um, he's from Baton Rouge. That family's from Baton Rouge. Um, the Osprey's father, uh, their dad works in LSU athletics. I remember, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So it, it's not a gimme that Auburn is able to get Jaden, but I think Auburn sits at the top right now
3: but if a guy comes to a campus any school not just Auburn for the third time obviously he saw something that he liked and he either wanted to see it again or maybe there was something he was looking for that you know maybe that third visit he just needed to hear or see that one thing to maybe possibly commit so but in general if you go somewhere for the third time they are obviously on your radar
1: yeah exactly I mean you're in that top tier of schools once you're starting to get those return visits um a second and third time and I mean He already said it. He's going to be back for a couple games at least this fall to watch Austin play and also just check out the stadium because he's never been to a game here before. Oh, okay. um, So yeah, I mean, Auburn sits in a great spot. The first weekend was, I mean, if I had to give them a grade, I'd say they got like an A+. They really couldn't have done too much better in terms of making a strong impression with these kids. and doing a great job of first uh, first visit weekend
3: and what helps with what you do is that you get to talk to the recruits like in person you talk to them and ask them how the visits went right and so you get to see and hear from them how the visits went I mean yeah they're not gonna probably not give you everything and even if it was terrible they probably wouldn't say it but if they are being you know straight up and saying I loved it you know want to come back that means something
1: Yeah, no, it definitely does, and it's really great you know, to be able to talk with them in person, get a facial reaction, kind of see how they're actually saying it, stuff like that. You kind of read them a little bit more, Um, and I mean, everything went really well, and you actually would be surprised. Sometimes some kids will just say, eh, you know, it was okay. I just don't really love it. (laughs) Well, I mean, fair enough. Most of the time with Auburn, um, 99.9% of the time, kids are saying they really like it, and the one other interesting thing is pretty much every kid brought up the new football facility, which – if you're yeah. in town and you drive past it, it's really starting to take shape. Now. <laughs> and it's really hard to miss it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they got to go on like a tour of it on the inside. I with saw that the construction and stuff like that. So that's making a really strong impression on these kids.
3: And I saw that the players were making some of the like some videos and stuff of them walking through. Obviously, they didn't give any of the details out, but they just seem super excited about the plans that are going to be put inside and what they are planning to do on the inside of that football facility. Let me ask you this, and you kind of alluded to her already. How much impact is that new football facility having on recruits that are coming to campus and trying to sell them on Auburn?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge um, just because Auburn already is pretty solid in academics across the board. So these kids, um, you know, they want to have good academics, but they also want to also have good um, athletic facilities to work on as well. They want good tools to help them succeed. Um, and up to this point, Auburn was a little bit behind um, in the SEC and really in the country in terms of facilities. Most schools already have a football only facility, um, and Auburn did not yet, but now Auburn's going to have one, not only have one, but one of the best, if not the best in the country, um. So Auburn's going to be in a great spot, and that's a fantastic marketing tool as well, which they've clearly been doing and doing successfully.
3: Do we know when that's going to be completed, like when the goal for that to be 100% completed and done and them using it full time?
1: I think the hope is that they would be able to move in um, sometime like September, October this year. So maybe mid-season they'd be able to move in. Yeah, Uh, I know they're working extremely hard to try and get it finished before the season, but
3: yeah, well, it's it's crazy how when, you know, in the city of Auburn, if you live in Auburn, Opelika, you understand that the construction around this place is nonstop and it is, it's bad, whatever you want to say, it's bad and it's slow. It seems like not a whole lot of progress gets made, but then every now and then they just like ramp it up, right? But with the football facility, I mean, I see people out there seven days a week and they're out there working on it. All of the time, it's crazy when something like that is is being built. That the um, the urgency to get it built, if you will, <laughs> is is through the roof on that. But I think it will help. Obviously, it's going to help the team. It's going to help recruiting and everything with Auburn football. You need better facilities. You needed better facilities, and now you're getting that with this new football complex. And so. You were talking about the recruits, how impressed they were this weekend or this past weekend with official visits. You gave Auburn an A plus on, you know, recruiting them and what they did over the weekend. Is there anything in particular or some of the things that they were doing, Auburn was doing, that you were just really impressed with, and that the recruits were impressed with as well?
1: Uh, you know, not necessarily. I just think everything went really smooth. Um, you know, the visit. Um, visit weekend yielded a commitment obviously at a coin Moore. so that's obviously really positive made great impressions um, on the other high schoolers that were there um, whether it was film studies and hanging out with the coach um, or going around campus going around the town and stuff like that I mean the the recruits seem to really enjoy all of it um, I heard they went and did some like axe throwing um, and okay. some other stuff like that so overall I mean everything seemed to have gone really really well
3: And so with obviously Auburn got one commitment with Coymore and we kind of talked about the other four that were here and some of them are wanting to commit in the next couple of months. And you talked about Jafar who, who is not committing until December. Does that hurt Auburn in your opinion, if they wait to make their commitment for longer periods of time? Uh, Not, not not, and not that one specifically just in general.
1: Yeah, no, just in general. Um, Not necessarily because you know, these kids will be back. They can take unofficial visits and just come back for like a football game in the fall. Um, usually it is kind of that thought process This that the last visit is usually um, you probably have maybe the best odds just because you're getting that last impression but I mean for this one Auburn still can get the last visit because they can still bring a guy like Ian Jafard or a guy like Jaden Osbury back for a game before they make their December um, decisions. so not necessarily but I-, I do think sometimes getting the first visit is just a little tougher you might have to fight a little bit harder in the end just because not that they'll forget about you, but they will have had so many – I mean, if they're taking five official visits and you're the first, they'll have four other schools on their mind before they even think about yours, maybe just because of the yeah. way things work out schedule-wise. So.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. If you take five visits, you're probably going to – the one that has – that it's ingrained in your mind is going to be the last one, maybe the last two that you went to. That's just human nature. Yeah, exactly. So So if you're Auburn and you get a guy on his very first visit and that was four or five months ago – what do you do, you know, what do you have to do to make sure, hey, we're still over here, don't forget that you visited us?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is communication, um, and that's something that this Auburn staff has really ramped up this year and done a better job with in terms of just calling the recruits, texting the recruits, you know, checking in on them, checking in on their family, whatnot. Not even necessarily about football, but just, you know, checking in on them as people and as kids. Um, and I think that's something that Auburn staff has really gotten better at. Brian Harson has gotten better at. The recruits talk about, um, honestly how often they talk with Brian Harsin. Um, there's um, there's a recruit coming in this weekend for an official visit and he's like Brian Harson feels like my position coach just because of how much he talks to me um, and that's something that I don't think we would have heard last year
3: no and that's something that I don't feel like you hear a whole lot from any other program obviously you probably would hear from the head coach but not that often and that's definitely something that was not happening you know a couple of months ago or even you know six months ago whatever obviously some things are changing it looks like recruiting is on the up and coming I feel like it is and it seems like the momentum is just going through the roof right now yeah
1: it's so funny I mean we talked about it last week a little bit but to only have two commitments and to feel the way we do about Auburn's recruiting and to feel like they have this much momentum is kind of crazy but I mean it's true it feels like they have a ton of momentum it feels like things are operating just so smooth right now and it just feels like it just feels like, you know, everything will work out in the end. They only have two commitments, but you feel confident they're going to get a couple more here um, in the month of June, in the month of July, and then that will kind of help propel them into a strong um, football season in terms of landing commitments as well. So, I mean, you feel really, really confident about the Auburn recruiting right now, which is kind of crazy to say after what you thought kind of last year during the summer. So things have really, really turned around in a really good way.
3: Well, it takes one step at a time, one player at a time to commit. Seems like Auburn's doing the right things. It seems like they're in the door with a lot of these good kids, and hopefully that's something that Auburn can continue to do on the recruiting trail. We're off and running here in hour number one. When we come back with Christian Clemente, we're going to talk about some of the kids that are coming in this weekend, are coming in the couple, you know, in a couple of weekends as well, and talk about what Auburn football has to do to get them on their minds. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Thursday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins with you on the Thursday edition of the show and for our number one, Christian Clemente from 24/7 Sports is in the house as well, doing a lot of Auburn football recruiting conversations and having some talks about that. So we just got done talking about the five players that were on campus for official visits this past weekend. And And as we did last week, we're going to preview the guys that are coming to campus this weekend. Auburn's got their hands full this weekend, my friend. They have nine guys, you said, that will be coming to campus this weekend?
1: Yeah, originally it was supposed to be ten. One of the kids ended up canceling his visit because he's expected to commit to Clemson here just within the next couple days. But still, I mean, nine, you're basically doubling or very close to doubling what you had this past weekend. So. mean it's gonna be a huge crop of kids coming in
3: and so break it down for us man who's coming what do we need to know about them what's the chances where do they sit with Auburn right now just kind of break it down for us
1: yes so the first group that's coming in um, are three teammates um, at Langston Hughes Langston Hughes is the high school where Terrence Love is from he's the Auburn safety commit Um, so you've got uh, four-star offensive tackle Bo Hewley who is already committed to Georgia but Auburn is trying to put in work there Um, he he's Maybe like two, two and a half months, three months ago, it felt like a flip was getting close. It felt like Auburn was really putting in work there, and then Auburn kind of fell. Um, so now Auburn. What happened? Do we know? Uh, not exactly, no. Um, but Auburn's trying to put in work there still to try and get involved. Um,
3: I think we talked about him maybe early, like had previewed him last week because we had had the conversation about a guy that's committed to a school but yet taking more visits and what Auburn would have to do to try to flip him especially from Georgia
1: yeah it might have been him or Rayquez oh uh, I think it was him yeah I think it was yeah so I mean they're working on two Georgia offensive line commits which if they're offensive linemen and they're committed to Georgia it's gonna be tough pretty good yeah but yes like you said also gonna be pretty tough um then you've also got out of Langston Hughes four-star tight end Jelani Thurman Um, I think Auburn is the leader coming into this visit Um, he is honestly built pretty similar to Landon Kane in terms of he is a very versatile tight end can split out can also play inside a little bit he said when I talked with him that he actually talks with Landon um, and Landon kind of talks him through some of the stuff that he's doing tries to help him out a little bit so Auburn's in a really good spot there he is a Georgia legacy um, actually with both of his parents going to Georgia oh. but Georgia is not in his top list of schools right now um,
3: did they go after him
1: you know I'm not entirely sure what Georgia is doing at the tight end position I don't know if they pursued him very heavily but Alabama, Clemson, Michigan State. A lot of top schools are after this kid. Um, and Auburn is probably the leader right now. Um, and then the last player out of uh Hughes that will be here is three-star defensive lineman Joshua Horton. Um, I honestly think he's more talented than a three-star. He's kind of a sleeper in this class. I really like his game. He's a kid who's been to Auburn like four or five times wow. um, already before. Um, and now he's in for an official. So Auburn's in a great spot there. And it's worth noting, too, that Terrence um, is going to come down for the weekend spend it with those guys he's just going to be on an unofficial visit but he'll be here um trying to recruit them a little bit um sticking out in georgia um you've got four-star offensive lineman probably a guard but maybe could play tackle dj chester coming in this is a kid who um maybe even six months ago um, barely had a recruiting profile on like 24 7 or on rivals or whatnot um and he quickly blew up, got a lot of offers. He's very young. He's still 16 years old, but he's oh, okay. extremely he, – I mean, he's already very built. His body is very built to be an offensive lineman, and he's also very talented as well. Um, so Auburn's getting him in. I think Auburn comes in probably close to being the leader there as well, um, and I didn't touch on it with Horton. I think Auburn probably leads for Horton too just based on how many times he's been here. Um, then you've also got out of Georgia uh, four-star linebacker C.J. Allen. He's viewed as a Georgia lean right now. Um, He's another guy that's rising up the ranks very quickly. He was already rated pretty highly, but he's continuing to go up. Um, I think he's like number 60 in the 24 7 sports rankings now. So, really talented player, but there is a little bit of work to do there. Um, Then you've got two in state guys, edge rushers um, Keldrick Falk out of Highland Home. Uh, That's kind of where's that? I think Highland Home is south of Montgomery. Okay, I I have no idea. I just know he's out of Highland Home. Okay. Uh, But he is very talented, high four-star guy, close to a top 100 player. Um, Auburn would love to get him. He said Auburn's recruiting him to be kind of the next Derek Hall, played that Derek Hall role off the edge. Okay. uh, Which obviously Auburn needs a couple of edge guys in this class. Um, So Auburn sits in a good spot there. Um, along with that, you got Hunter Osborne out of Hewitt Trustville um, coming in this weekend. Yep. Another edge rusher kind of guy, but could play D end. He said they're actually kind of telling him he'd be similar to kind of a Colby Wooden type role. Um, and I mean, I think this kid isn't just absolute beast. Um, but well, Hewitt
3: Trustville can produce some kids. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah.
1: Uh, but there's going to be some work to be done. Both of those guys are coming off Clemson official visits. Um, Hunter actually came out and said that Clemson is his leader after that visit. He said that they really kind of raised the bar in his recruitment, and the official went that well. Um, and Tennessee is heavily involved. Alabama's kind of in the mix as well. So Hunter Osborne is going to be a battle. Keldrick Falk will also be a battle. But Auburn's in a good spot there. They're, they're in the mix, kind of in that top tier. Now they need to try and get, get a little bit of that momentum back this weekend. Um, then you've got the last two guys that are coming in um, come from Florida. So you've got Reuben Bain, who's coming from Miami. He goes to Miami Central. This kid is an absolute beast of a defensive end. Last year, he had 48 and a half tackles for loss, and he had 29 and a half sacks.
3: In uh, one season? Yes, in one season.
1: Oh, my gosh. Playing in Miami. Holy smokes. Yeah, um, and he is a Miami uh, legacy, um, and his brother is actually a GA at Miami, so that's going to be extremely got tough. You. Yeah. Now, with that said, him and Rock Bellantoni go back. He said to when He was like 11. He's known Rock like pretty much forever. Well, that's extre- big. That's big time. Yeah, they're extremely close. Um, so, I mean, I think Auburn is a bigger contender there than some people might think. Um, so, Auburn is certainly in the mix for Ruben Bain, one of the best defensive ends really in the country. He's, I think, he's a top 100 guy. Uh, but I mean, the stats clearly show what he can do. Um, and then the last one is Jakeem Jackson, who is a cornerback. He just switched to playing corner, um, but. He's viewed by some as a guy with like NFL type upside, um, because of his frame, his speed, his, I mean, already his quick nature in terms of being able to play defensive back. Um, he is actually the younger cousin of Tasharvan Bell. uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is, Jakeem has never been to Auburn before, but he's heard all about it. Um, so this official visit will be his first time. And I think it's even more important now because Auburn was going after AJ Terrell's younger brother, Avion. Um, and he ended up committing to Clemson, um, So now Jakeem is that much more important um, in the cornerback room, kind of recruiting-wise. So, I mean, that'll be a big visit as well. It's his first time. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be a huge list of kids that are here this weekend. You've got an elite camp on Friday as well. Um, There's going to be some really, really talented guys at that. And then there's just a huge group of kids there in general. I mean, usually the elite camps are 200 plus, close to 300. So got a lot going on this weekend recruiting-wise. But That's kind of a quick rundown of those nine guys.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well... Later on in the in this first hour, I want to talk to you about all of these elite camps and what it means for Auburn, what mm-hmm. they do, and that type of stuff. But in the next minute or so that we have here before we head to the bottom of the hour break, it seems like the guys that are coming on official visits this weekend and even in the past weekends, it's either Auburn is in a really good spot or at least Auburn's in the mix, and that I feel like that's a good sign. And I feel like that is the case. Would you agree?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly so. Now I think that's kind of the case with everybody that takes an official visit to anywhere, okay. because you do only get five. True. So usually it's going to be one of your top five schools unless you're like already committed somewhere and like you just want to go check a place out or something like that. Um, but I mean, it feels like most of these kids that are coming in, Auburn is, if not at the top of their recruitment, they're in like top two, top three, maybe. So you're really at the top tier of that top five.
3: Yeah, well, that's a good sign. It sounds like Auburn's doing the right things and yes, they're getting certainly. good guys on campus and Trying to sell Auburn and sell the future of this program. We're 30 minutes into hour number one. Stay tuned. We got 30 more minutes of Christian Clemente from 24 7 Sports. Stay tuned. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 1067 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Thirty more minutes here in Hour Number One with Christian Clemente of 24 7 Sports. We've been talking a lot of Auburn football recruiting, and we will get back to that conversation in just a moment. But we're gonna head to the phone lines. You can be a part of the show as well. 334 321 1390. Our good buddy Terry is calling in. Terry, how's it going today, man? What you got?
4: doing great jacob how are you and christian doing
3: today we are doing fantastic what you got
4: got a couple of uh, questions for you first of all on recruiting when uh, christian said a, while ago, a guy was committed to someone is taking a visit i don't consider it like they're committed i don't know about y'all i don't consider them committed at all if they're taking other visits i don't i think they're plenty vulnerable uh
1: yeah i think that's fair for some uh recruits i think some recruits are definitely you know they're quote unquote committed but they're really looking elsewhere um i think some kids are just taking visits um uh, I would say specifically taking official visits because they want to get that experience. They just want to go hang out somewhere. So I think it kind of varies um, kid to kid, but um, I, I would agree with you. I guess I would say maybe most recruits, if they are visiting elsewhere and they're already committed, they're certainly kind of looking around and shopping around, I guess you could say, a little bit looking to find another opportunity.
4: The way I word it, Christian. Christian is the um, the door is still open. There's a crack in the door, and he's up to the school. He goes to to open it. He may be committed, but there's a, there's a chance there.
3: Yeah, He'll I mean, an opportunity. that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, if he's committed somewhere, but he's looking around, I mean, there's definitely a possibility that he could get flipped or decide to go somewhere else. So, yeah, there's no doubt. And it
4: works the other way, too. If he's, the school is committed to say, if you're really committed, why are you doing that? So, the other thing, I wonder where Christian stands on the quarterback race uh, coming up in August. Uh, I think it's going to be a yeah, Calzada-Finley battle. I mean, oh, excuse me, I said it wrong. Calzada-Robbie Ashford battle. People continue to give T.J. Finley a shot, and that's fine. that's fine. and Danny's a great kid and a great teammate. But I just, I, I mean, we've been enough of a sample size, his play, that, that he's what he is in practice and what he is in games. So I really think it's going to be a Calzada.
1: Yeah, battle. Terry, I would agree completely Ashford. with you. Um, I think it's Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford, um, and I would probably lean Zach Calzada because he has SEC starting experience already. Um, and I've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, he's been described by some sources as being a little Brett Favre-esque in terms of his arm strength and some other stuff like that. Now, he's not Brett Favre, obviously, but...
4: Yeah, they're worse guys to be tra- compared
1: to. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it comes down to those two guys, and I think even if Robbie Ashford doesn't win that battle, he still sees some snaps. Now, I know we've talked about that beforehand, like with D Davis, and it never came true. I, I I truly do think Robbie Ashford sees snaps, not even in... Um, you know, some of those cupcake games, but I think he sees snaps in some packages and some other games as well because he really does bring another aspect to the game, and Auburn thinks really highly of him as a player. Um, and I would agree with you. I think T.J. Finley is a fantastic teammate, fantastic kid, great locker room presence. I don't think he will be Auburn's starting quarterback this fall.
4: Right. Well, Ash- Ashford, I agree with you, Christian, on that there's going to be a package for him because there needs to be. And also... When you when you do that, you open up the door for you know. why is this guy the starter? And then yeah, and if it's if it's close coming out of August, uh, you're going to have it even more.
3: Yeah,
2: because
4: Ashford's going to bring something to the table that, that Calzada can't do.
3: It, you know, Terry, to, to kind of jump in here a little bit. I think it's Calzada's job just because the style of offense that I think Brian Harson and this offense are trying to do, I think Calzada will fit that a little bit better. That's why I've continuously said I think Calzada is your starting quarterback this fall.
4: Well, the reason I think Jacob is, and, and Christian because Ashford lends a, a mobility, and one of the things I think Brian Harrison is going to have to learn if he's going to be at Auburn is the defensive lineman. My God, the defensive lineman for Georgia just ran a seven. He's 340 pounds.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're fast.
4: Uh, they're going ch- to chase you down. You better have somebody that can run. And Calzada can't run as good as
3: Ashford. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He can't run as good, but I think pro-style quarterback fits the pro-style offense. I think he's a better fit, but I agree with Christian. I think he's going to get some snaps. Robbie Ashford will. Well, let's hope so. Take care guys, have a great day. Yeah, appreciate the call. That was Terry here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. He brought up a couple good points, you know. We've talked about that here about recruits that are committed. That's that's the one thing that I've stood that stood out to me and I've asked you about it is recruits that are committed to a school but yet they go on other visits. It's not that they're, you know, looking to leave their committed school, but I mean, how do you how do you see that, Christian?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily looking to leave. They're not trying to openly or yeah, openly, um, you know, go shop around necessarily, but if something pops up that they really like, they'll definitely listen to it and they'll hear them out a little bit. So it is shopping around in a sense, kind of. Um, but you know, it's certainly a tough balance, um, because, um, you know, you want to keep the kid, but you also want to say, Hey, go enjoy yourself. Go take other visits. find Right. Just go look around. You know, you only get to do this once, but then you also have, I mean, Clemson, the Dabo way. as soon as someone commits somewhere, they can't go take an official visit somewhere else. Like D. Creighton, who was supposed to come in and officially visit this weekend, um, who's probably set to commit to Clemson here very soon. He won't be allowed to officially visit Auburn. Um, Auburn will still keep recruiting him because Auburn really values him and still thinks there is a chance they could potentially land him. But w- once you are committed to Clemson, you are not going to officially visit anywhere else. So, is that their rule? that yeah that's kind of the clemson way okay basically that's okay. the Dabo way
3: yeah i mean and i get that you know and that's sort of the the consensus that you and i have come to when having this conversation is look there's two sides of the coin here you understand the frust you could see and understand the frustration of a school if your recruit that is committed to play for you is, op- is out shopping around looking for something else because you're like okay are you really committed to us just like terry brought up but at the same time, you're dealing with 17, 18-year-old kids and like you said, you get to do this once and you want to make sure that the kid is making the right decision for him because it is his future and his football future and his life and you want to make sure he makes the right decision. And so I think it's the, the high ground for a coach to say, I know you're committed to us. If you need to look around or you feel the need to go somewhere and look, you know, go do it, but just remember you're committed here.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think... You know, once you get to Clemson's stature, I guess you could say, and Davo's stature of being a top, really, really top tier program that competes for national championships, you can kind of just say, Nope, you don't get to go anywhere else. If you're committed here, you're committed here. Um and so maybe Auburn will be that way in a couple of years if Auburn becomes a top program kind of like that. But for now I think you kinda have to just play it as, you know, you can go somewhere else, but you're committed to Auburn. We love you here this will always be your home type of deal. Right. So it's, it's a very delicate balance that you kind of have to do.
3: Yeah, Auburn cannot afford to do that right now. There's no way Auburn could say, oh, you're committed here. Sorry, you can't look anywhere else. I don't think Auburn's not on that level of Clemson just yet.
1: I, yeah, and I don't think it matters with the two kids they have committed right now anyway. I mean, no one is more committed to Auburn than Braden Joyner. Um, I mean, He's I mean, been very vocal about yeah, it. Yeah, been very vocal, fantastic recruiter, loves Auburn, goes to Auburn High School. I would not be concerned about him at all, and same goes for Terrence Love too. Terrence Love is putting in. He's not as vocal on social media as Brayden is but he puts in a lot of behind-the-scenes work talking with different players and whatnot, trying to get them to come to Auburn.
3: And that's what you want to see, and that's what you love to see from Auburn Commits, is they're already selling Auburn. They're not even here yet. They're committed, but they're not even here yet, and they're selling Auburn. That was a great call. Terry, we appreciate you, as always. You can call in and be a part of the show as well, 334-321-1390. Christian, I want to talk to you about these camps and these elite camps and all of these the camps, literally, that Auburn is hosting it seems like multiple days a week right now in such a busy time for the football team. These camps that the football team hosts with hundreds of kids that come in and do drills and they do different things. Tell everybody that may not know what happens at these camps, what they are, and why that Auburn is hosting them. Because Auburn's not the only one, but why is Auburn doing it and then what is it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so what we've had now, there's been two elite camps, um, so that's kind of, you know, it's intended to be kind of some of the top talent um but i mean some of the kids that are coming in are like freshmen or even like um eighth graders so there are some very young players that doesn't mean they're not elite but obviously they've got a while still to go. Yeah. yeah um so there's been two elite camps and yesterday there was an offensive line defensive line camp um there's another one of those still set there's an elite camp friday and then they still have two seven on seven team camps as well um so you know the elite camp is a great opportunity for auburn to invite some of the top players that they're really recruiting and going after to actually come to the camp. Auburn can get a firsthand look at them, kind of see, um, you know, speaking of Langston Hughes, um, their 2024 quarterback, Prentice uh, goes by the nickname Air Noland. um, He was here for the first one, was an absolute stud. I mean, Auburn already loved him and loved him even more after that camp. He was a beast out there. Um, But that's also an opportunity for, you know, maybe players that go to really small schools or haven't been recognized quite yet to actually get their name out there on the radar a little bit. Um, like yesterday's offensive line, defensive line camp uh, there's a 2023 recruit that goes to Hoover um, Jordan Norman. I think his name was, he's got a handful of offers, but he went 13 and um in one-on-one reps um, during the camp yesterday. And, you know, it really kind of put him on Auburn's radar a little bit more. He had a great showing. Um, there's a 2025 recruit that was there. So, um that seems so far away 2025
3: yeah. but i mean if they're that good you've got to get in the door early well, because yeah. everybody else will right
1: yeah exactly um so he was here um goes to charles henderson down in troy um high school so he's a rising sophomore he came into the camp with two offers from alabama state and alabama a&m he was an absolute beast i mean he, he did not look like a rising sophomore at all he looked like a kid who's going into his freshman year in college he looked like a just stud out there he's already like 6'4 225 wow and Auburn offers him so Auburn is I mean the first major offer there for him um, and that's because of these camps so the camps really are valuable tools that the staff can use not only to evaluate current targets but potentially find some more targets as well Um, so they've been doing those and I mean it's a lot of work bringing a lot of different kids in but it does yield results
3: and wh- you, you know you were telling me that you know two and three hundred players go to these camps at a time it seems like it, no matter what the position is whatever you know i guess for the sample size but why so many kids at these camps why not just invite the ones that are on your radar
1: well uh the camps you know kids can buy tickets to them uh, oh as well. okay. So okay 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 th- there are a group that are invited um but then also you know technically anyone can come to the camp so Got there's, it. there's not a uh, of the 200 to 300, there's you know maybe like 25, anywhere from 25 to 30 that are really already on Auburn's radar um, and that you want to keep an eye out for. But then, you know, like I just said, there are kids that shine at the camp that maybe Auburn has never even heard of or talked to before um, and might get an offer or, or at least they're on their radar now. So, look, these camps can really be valuable tools um, and Auburn is using them. So, I think that's smart. And you know,
3: we were talking about the football facility that's being built in a couple of years. You can now it's starting hopefully next year you can start having these camps in the brand new football facility, which will only speak volumes to the guys that you are looking out for, or maybe that you get on your radar. They can see the football facilities that they could possibly be playing in, which is a big time recruiting factor as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like the thing the other thing with these camps too is not only are these recruits coming in, sometimes, you know, their teammates who may be a higher rater higher Rated higher than them. <laughs> there you Excuse go. me. Um, you know, m- maybe this kid is coming in unranked, but his four-star teammates like, "Oh, I'll drive down with you." You know, I'll just go check out Auburn. It's a good opportunity to bring kids in. It's also a good opportunity just to sell Auburn, just kind of sell the Auburn brand as well. Um, you know, these kids will go back to their schools and talk with their teammates about how much they liked Auburn or whatever their experience may be, and it's a good opportunity in the future. Um, and it's just a good way to get these kids connected with the coaching staff and the GAs and whatnot too. One thing I would like to hit on real quick is uh, offensive line analyst Joe Bernardi. Look, all these coaches are fantastic with the kids. He's just been an absolute just stud when I've been watching him. He brings so much energy out there, man. It is, I mean, it's hard not to be electric just standing next to him. I mean, he's introducing himself to every recruit or every kid that's there at the camp, um, whether they're a guy that Auburn is recruiting or not. He's talking with the parents, stuff like that. So I really do think he's a star in the making, and these camps have kind of showed me that because I'm able to get a really close firsthand look at that.
3: That reminds me of the the Northwestern strength and conditioning yeah, coach that yeah, yeah. I'm talking <laughs> about. The dude that's just like massive, but it's snowing outside. And he's wearing a T-shirt. He's running around smacking people on the helmet with his head and stuff. Yep. That's what that reminds me of. But look, it seems like that he gets it. And I think some of the coaching staff has gotten it as well because you talk about – a coach like that, introducing himself to all the players, talking to them, getting them pumped up, talking to the parents, the small little things like that are yeah, the ones that make the biggest impression on kids and their parents.
1: Yeah, those those little things add up very quickly. Um, and Auburn's been doing a great job of that. And Coach Joe Bernardi's been doing a great job of that as well.
3: And when you're Auburn and you're in Auburn's situation as a program where you know right now you can't you can't compete with Alabama, Georgia as a program right now, and you know you're not on their level just yet, those little things that maybe they're not doing maybe what able is what able to get you a recruit or get you a parent to say yeah i really like auburn it's the small things and i feel like auburn has got to do that right now until they get to that point because like we've talked about the momentum is building the train has left the station this thing is taken off and i think it's because auburn is doing it the right way they figured it out they weren't at first right there was a lot of struggles on, early on in the beginning but it seems like they're doing the right things and they're doing the small things like that like you just talked about that make lasting impressions on
1: recruits Mm -hmm. yeah i mean every little thing they can do is helpful and so far they are doing every little thing um so i mean this month of june and also just the visits that came in the spring and the two official visitors that came at the end of may there Everything has been going really, really well right now, and it's because of the small things are adding up.
3: Absolutely. Small things like a head coach's podcast that has other coaches on the football team on it, right? Episode two of yeah. Huddle with Harsh came out. I have not listened to the second one yet, but I was impressed with the first one, but not just you know the the podcast content, but the podcast itself. You have your head coach or the head coach that's recruiting you plus a position coach that... They're just talking life, and they're talking ball. Little things like that, they add up in recruiting. I think Auburn's doing the right things. I think it's going to pay off for them. I really, really do. I think you feel the same way, and I hope that more players will continue to commit and just be that snowball effect that i've talked about start small you've only got two guys right now but keep adding them on and keep building it and building it and eventually the ball is going to get so big and it's going to be going so fast nobody's going to be able to stop it let's take our final break here in hour number one when we come back we're going to wrap up our conversation with christian clemente stay tuned you're listening to the thursday edition of on the line Wrapping up hour number one of the Thursday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goetz and Christian Clemente with you here in hour number one. Christian, we've got you for about five more minutes or so. Uh, Actually, about four minutes now. But we're going to talk just a little bit of uh, Auburn baseball because they do get underway in in Corvallis at Oregon State in just a couple of days. They head out there today. Uh, They're probably on their way right now. They had the reverse Tiger walk out there at at, uh, Plainsman Park today. You know what? Well, you know what are your expectations i know you know you keep up with baseball a little bit what are your expectations for this auburn team this weekend
1: yeah so i mean i you just hit on it i don't cover baseball as much as other people um so definitely like follow jason caldwell um, from our site auburn 24 7 if you want super in-depth baseball coverage because that's not what i provide but i definitely keep up with the team enough to kind of follow it um, i'm very intrigued to see how the team plays this weekend just because you know they kind of slumped at the end of the season, and a lot of those were away games. Then you know the SEC tournament was uh, neutral site, um, but then they get back to Plainsman Park and they just hammer the ball. What was it, 40 runs? Yeah, scored? something
3: more or than any other up? team in the whole regional round.
1: Yeah, or it was 40 runs, I think, through the first two games. Whatever it was, they scored a ton of runs. The bats were just absolutely electric, could not be stopped. Pitching was pretty solid overall. They gave up a decent amount of runs, but I mean, when you're up big, you're not overly concerned as a pitcher. Um, right. So. Now you head to Oregon State. I mean, you were playing a monster of a team. Oregon State is always a kind of national threat. It feels like pretty much every year. Um, and it's it's going to be a tough travel. We just talked about it a little bit during the break. I mean, they've got to go all the way to Corvallis, so they're going across the country. Literally across the country. Yeah. The game times are at like 9 o'clock, 9.30 Central. Now, I read today um, Butch Thompson had a uh, kind of media thing before they left on reverse target walk. He said he's been having the team kind of stay up later than usual Um, and doing some other just smaller stuff trying to prepare for that trying to get them used to that so it's definitely going to be a very interesting matchup Um, I mean if Auburn's bats stay as hot as they were there's literally no chance they're losing Um, now I don't think there's a chance they can stay that hot but you know if the bats can get it going Trace Bright has been a pretty solid uh, starter to kind of get things off and Joseph Gonzalez has pretty much been their best starter I mean he'll be that day two starter there so Look, if Auburn can come out and get – you would obviously love to get a game one win. Um, uh, What is it, Saturday? They play Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday. Saturday night, yep. So you would love to get a game one win, but I just need to see Auburn at least keep it competitive, keep the bats not like a 1-0 loss. I need them to – the bats need to be awake a little bit because even if they do drop game one, I think this team has enough resilience they can battle back and win two in a row after that. They've shown that in close games this year. They've shown that with their backs against the wall, needing to win series or stuff like that. So I still believe I, – I mean, I do truly do think this team can win um, this weekend in Corvallis, but, I mean, it's going to be a battle, man. Oregon State is really, really good.
3: It's an absolute battle, and, you know, the, some of the things that you touched on, the bats have to stay hot, but they're going to be seeing better pitchers this weekend, also playing on the road across the entire country. That's interesting that Butch talked about – keeping the team up later to get them in a better routine it's the little things like that that you don't think about As like a normal fan you just think well you just go out there and play baseball right but when you're playing at nine o'clock at night in a baseball game where you're probably not going to be done until after midnight your local time where the guys that you're playing they're playing at a normal time so they don't have to adjust at all so it's those types of things that a head coach and, you know, the team and the staff have to think about and train for to play across the country. That's why I think Auburn's got one of the toughest super regional matchups of anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean it's extremely tough, very smart thinking by Butch and, you know, the nice thing is Auburn does head out there today. So they do have a little bit of time to adjust. Um I mean even things like temperature. I mean temperature plays a big factor in baseball. Um I think I was reading something as well Oregon State um has kind of a turf mound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to adjust to that as well. So Auburn's getting out there early enough; they'll have time to adjust. They've already been trying to adjust, um, so they're trying to make up for those kind of some of those factors that are on the road. Uh, and we'll just kind of see. I mean, I think it. I think you relatively know what you're going to get out of the pitching staff. It feels like it's been pretty reliable the past couple of months here um, since they kind of solidified things. You're just unsure what you're getting out of the bats, but. I mean, they're coming in as hot as possible.
3: So. Absolutely. Well, Christian, we appreciate you as always. Here for the first hour of the show. Everybody follow Christian Clemente with all his recruiting stuff with 24-7 Sports. We appreciate you. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up.
2: you. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
3: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in the auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. On the line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on the Thursday edition of the show. Hour number one, officially in the books, so you know what that means. Hour number two, officially underway. Here on the Thursday edition of On The Line. It's been a great show so far. The sun is shining outside. It's hot, though. Holy smokes. It is hot today. So make sure you stay safe. Uh, Check your cars, always do that, Uh, but hopefully you're doing well on this Thursday afternoon. Big thanks to Christian Clemente, who was in studio for the entire hour number one, talked a lot of Auburn football recruiting and what to expect in the coming months for Auburn football on the recruiting trail. So if you missed any of my conversations uh, with Christian in hour number one, make sure you go and search for the podcast and listen back to it he gave us a lot of great information just search on the line wherever you get your podcast make sure you go and follow Christian Clemente uh, on Twitter and follow all of his Auburn recruiting stuff with 24-7 sports didn't get the chance at the end of the first hour to let him plug himself but always go and, and search for his recruiting stuff he's he's just on top of it he knows what he's talking about a lot of Auburn football recruiting going on right now with elite camps and everything going on so make sure you you go and keep up with all of Christian Clemente's great work with 24-7 sports but again make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts Hour number two, you could call in anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Anything that's on your mind, anything you want to talk about, questions, comments, concerns for me, I'd love to hear from you and you can get involved. 334 321 1390. That's the number to put you through to me. You could talk about anything you want to talk about related to sports, anything that I'm talking about you want to chime in on. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinion about what's going on. 334 321 1390. We are 86 days away from the college football season. That's right, 86 days away until September 3rd. I'm excited. I'm going to give you the countdown every single day. We're 86 days away from the college football season. 86 days from Auburn football getting started in this 2022 college football season. Let's start our number two like we always do with making headlines. Game three of the NBA Finals was last night. Boston takes care of business at home. They take a 2-1 series lead over the Golden State Warriors with a 116-100 to win for the Celtics. They take the 2-1 series lead over the Warriors. What a great game it was last night. Fantastic matchup. I think, again, this series will go six or seven games and it was a great game last night. The first half, Boston jumped on Golden State early. They got up by almost 20 points at one time in the first half. They were up uh, They were up decent at the half. And then, you know, Boston played the best in the first half. They played so much better than Golden State in that first half. But I knew, sitting there watching the game, and I'm sure a lot of you did as well, you knew that that third quarter barrage from Golden State was going to happen, and it was coming, and it did. Golden State came back, took the lead in the third at one point, but then in the fourth quarter, Boston's defense is what sets them apart in this series. I've said it all postseason long. Boston's defense is what sets them apart from everybody else, and you know, coming down the stretch, look in the first half, and especially in the first in the third quarter. I trust Golden State's offense more than Boston's defense. But when it comes down to the third or the fourth quarter and the game is on the line, I'm trusting Boston's defense over Golden State's offense. That's how it is. And that's what took place last night. Boston, the Celtics, they take a 116 to 100 victory and a 2 1 series lead into game four in Boston on. Friday night, they will play again tomorrow night. And again, that will be right here on ESPN 106.7. So make sure, if you can't watch it live on on TV, flip on the radio broadcast. If you like the radio play-by-play better, flip it on right here to ESPN 106.7 or online at ESPNAU.com. You can listen to the national ESPN broadcast of these NBA Finals. So make sure you are doing that. Moving on with making headlines, the new Live Golf Tournament. It began today over in London, the new golf tournament and the new golf tour that has really just swept the news in sports right now. It started today in London. We had Ben Taylor, host of Auburn Opelika this morning on I, and also co-host of Dad Bod Golf Pod on yesterday to talk about this new uh, this new golf league, what it's about, how much money they're paying these players, and why so many big names are going to this new live tour. And today more drama came out. The PGA sent out the PGA themselves. They sent out a memo that said they are they are basically uh, banning and whatever word you want to use, they are forbidding any player that goes to play for the Live Tour or any player that goes there in the future from playing in any PGA event. But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because all of these players are resigning from the PGA, so you can't boss somebody around that doesn't work for you anymore. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the, sl- the term, I guess, or the, the wordage that Ben Taylor used yesterday here on the show. If you quit your job... Your former boss can't tell you what you can and can't do. He can tell you you can't work for him anymore, but you obviously don't work for him, so why would you work for him? That's the same thing that's going on right here. The PGA came out and said, if you go to the LIV Tour, you're not playing in the PGA. Okay, they don't care. That's why they went to the LIV Tour in the first place. They didn't want to play for the PGA anymore. The new tournament started today. They all get paid. Nobody gets cut. Everybody gets paid, you get paid, you know, a, a base salary based off of where you finish, but there's less players, there's one less round, they only played 3 rounds. So it started today, round 2 will be tomorrow, round 3, the final round will be on Saturday over in London, and I pulled it up on YouTube because you do have to YouTube live stream it. It's not on TV yet. I pulled it up and there was I mean there was 86,000 people watching the YouTube stream that I was watching and the crowds that were there in person over in London were pretty big. I was actually shocked. And some of the broadcasters talked about that as well. They were impressed with the crowd sizes over in London. And the conversation we had with Ben Taylor yesterday, he said, don't judge this tour based off of the turnout of the, of the event today, basically. He said more people will show up when it comes to America than it will in London. But there was a decent amount of people in London. I'm curious to see what the fan turnout will be when it comes to New Jersey and Portland. And they play one other place, I think. I can't remember. But when they come to the United States, I'll be interested to see. But the Live Golf Tour, their first ever tournament, started today. There's a lot of names that... Yeah, um, there's a lot of names I don't know. Okay, there's a lot of new guys. There's a lot of young guys that are playing in this tournament, but there's also a lot of big names in this tournament as well. You have guys like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and Kevin Na that are playing in this tournament and are doing okay. The course looked pretty good, so we'll see how it goes. The new Live Golf Tour kicked off today. The PGA Tour suspended Live Golfers from all their events. That was the word I was looking for. They suspended them. They said, no, you're not playing with us anymore, but they obviously are not. They don't care because they resigned from the PGA. They don't care if you suspend them. They don't want to play for you anyways. Moving on with making headlines, Auburn baseball leaves for Oregon today. They had a reverse tiger walk coming out of Plainsman Park and got on the buses. There was a lot of fans out there, so if you went out, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it as an Auburn fan to see other Auburn fans out there and I know the baseball team appreciated uh, the reverse Tiger Walk as they went on to Oregon to take on Oregon State this weekend. First game is Saturday night. It was at 9.30 Central Time. They actually moved it up. Now, sit down. You're going you're to want to sit down for this one. They moved it up a whole 30 minutes. So it's at 9 o'clock instead of 9.30 now. I know, major difference. But they now play at 9 o'clock Saturday and Sunday night. And so Auburn has to adjust a little bit. Christian was telling us about a statement from Butch Thompson that he is trying to keep his players up later in preparation for those games that are so late at night. So Auburn baseball traveling out to Oregon today to start preparing for Oregon State. Game one of the Super Regional will be on Saturday. Game two is on Sunday. And it's a best two out of three. So if they get to a game three, it'll be on Monday. That time and TV is still to be determined. Both games on Saturday and Sunday nights are on ES. ESPN2 so you do get to watch it on TV don't have to pay for the ESPN plus it'll be on ESPN2 Saturday and Sunday at nine o'clock Auburn baseball taking on Oregon State in Corvallis moving on with making headlines the betting odds for the NBA draft we are I think 19 days away now from the NBA draft and the betting favorite to be the number one overall pick you guessed it Auburn's Jabari Smith he is the favorite right now to be the number one overall pick I think he will be. I think he should be. I think he's the best player in this draft. He's the best shooter and has the most potential. Take the bias out of it. He has the most potential, and that's what I think will get him drafted number one overall. That's what will make him so good in the NBA I really like Paolo Bancaro too, but they have different play styles. And I don't think the Orlando Magic, who have the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, I don't think they're looking for a Paolo Bancaro. I think they're looking for a guy like Jabari Smith, who can shoot the ball, who needs a little bit of help in developing, shoot, or not shooting, but dribbling and driving to the basket. But I think his potential is what will get him drafted first overall. Jabari Smith is your betting odds favorite to be the number one overall draft pick i expect it to be that i hope that is the case i think he will do better in orlando than in houston i do not want to see him go to houston i've talked about that i don't want jabari smith going to the rockets i just don't think he could i don't think he'd get out of there is what the problem would be i don't think he would get developed as much as he should and needs and i just don't know if he could be good in Houston so he is the betting odds favorite to be the number one overall pick to the Orlando Magic we're 19 days away from that hopefully that will become reality for him and for Auburn fans we'll have our first ever number one overall pick in basketball we'll be one of three schools Auburn will to have a number one overall pick in football basketball and baseball that's pretty cool if you ask me and finally with making headlines Auburn football is hosting two five-star recruits this month. They also have nine guys coming on campus this weekend. Uh, if you missed the conversation with Krista Clemente and our number one, he broke them all down, told you where they're from, how many stars they have, uh, their status right now when it comes to recruiting. So make sure you go and listen back to that. He had great stuff. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. He had great information telling us about these nine kids that are coming to Auburn this weekend. And it was supposed to be 10 Uh, He told us that one of them decommitted to and is expected to commit to Oklahoma, I think is what he said. I could be wrong on the school, but one of the players, he withdrew his uh, his visit. He's going to commit to another school here in the next few days probably. But Auburn still has nine players coming this weekend. We talked about the guys that were here this past weekend and talked about the ones that are going to be here this weekend. And from what everything he was telling me, It seems like that Auburn is doing the right things and they're doing the little things right. And if you know how this goes, with anything in life, not just recruiting, anything in life, if you do the little things right, you won't have to worry about doing the big things right and you won't have to worry about the results. If you do the little things right, you don't have to worry about the results. That is what's happening with Auburn football's recruiting right now. I think they're doing it correctly. I think they're making progress. And Christian was talking about the recruits that he talks to face-to-face, one-on-one, after they come and visit here for his 24-7 sports coverage. They all love it here. They all love being at Auburn, and they love their visits here. They love the coaches. They love the campus, the vibes, the atmosphere. They are buying what Brian Harson is selling and it's working, right? It's working. And so that is something to be excited about. I told you that this week on the show. That's something to be excited about because for the first time in a long time, I'm confident in Auburn football's recruiting and the future of recruiting. Now, what's interesting is Brian Harson and the staff, as they should, it makes sense that they're doing this, but they're recruiting kids 24 and 25, like 2024 and 2025. They're recruiting guys for four, five, six years from now because they expect to still be here. Now, that's obviously the way to do it. You don't want to say, well, I don't want to recruit a kid in 2025 because I don't know if I'm going to be here. Obviously, that's not the mindset you want to have. But they're recruiting these kids like they know they're going to be here in 2025. And what does it all come down to? A successful season. We know that it comes down to winning. But some of the recruits have talked about that as well. They love everything about Auburn. They just want to see them win. They want to make sure that they're coming to a winning program. They want to make sure that they are coming into a winning system. They want to make sure they are going to get developed their correct way and advance their football game and their football minds. They want to know if they can have a chance to go to the NFL if they come to Auburn. That's what they want to see. That's what they want to know. And so when you look at Auburn's recruiting class right now, Yeah, there's only two guys in it, but like Christian and I talked about an hour number one, confidence is high, and we can talk about Auburn football's recruiting and not want to pull our hair out, and I can talk to you about it, the listener, and I hope that you feel the same way. If you're still worried about it, I would love to know why. I, and I'm not saying you're wrong by any means, but I would love to hear if you still have concerns, what are those concerns? What is What has led you to still be concerned? Why are you not satisfied yet? Give me a call, 334-321-1390. And it's okay to still be concerned. It's okay to say there's still only two guys in this recruiting class. That kind of worries me. You could say that, and that's totally okay. I get it. But I think what's going to happen is what I've already talked about, the snowball effect. Auburn's got two guys in their recruiting class right now that love Auburn and are selling Auburn every single day. They sell it, and they love it, and they believe in it. That, that'll kind of catch on, right? That means something to other recruits. When you have two guys that have been committed to Auburn as long as they have and haven't even gotten here yet, they're still in high school, and they're already selling Auburn to the best of their ability and saying how great it is. Other recruits see that they see that and they respect that. And then they start saying, well, if they love it so much, maybe I should check it out. And then all of these recruits that come off of their visits and they talk to guys from 24 seven sports and other outlets. And they say, I loved my visit. These guys are awesome. And they start listing all the good things that they're doing. Other recruits see that. And then You talk about the coaches for Auburn speaking to parents at these elite camps and on these official visits and doing the little things that make big impacts. That speaks to recruits and their parents. That speaks to them. And so the point to this is Auburn's doing it the right way. When it comes to recruiting, they're trying to get back on track because it was so bad and it had gotten to a horrible spot. I think it's on the way back. Now, it's still going to take a lot of work to get to where it needs to be because you still have to compete with the other two schools, right? You still have to compete with everyone else in the SEC, plus the NIL has thrown a big old wrench into it and has changed the game forever. But Auburn is going to get there. I truly believe it. I do. I truly believe Auburn will get there. They will get back to recruiting top-level guys because they already are. They already are. They're getting guys on campus. We've talked about that with some of our callers. Get them on campus. Get them here because the ones that are coming to campus and visiting Auburn, they absolutely love it. And they buy what Brian Harson is selling. Be confident. Be patient. Good things are happening. We just got to see it now, right? That's what we need. We need to physically see it on the football field. I think it's going to happen, but we got 86 days to figure it out. And make sure that we have a winning team when we step on the field on September 3rd. Off and running here at hour number two. If you want to call in, be a part of the show, get involved, I'd love to hear from you. 334 321 1390. Stay tuned. More on the other side of this break. Welcome back into On The Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama, On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on the Thursday edition of the show. I just can't believe how hot it is outside. I stepped outside before the show a little bit to kind of just, you know, get ready or whatever and... I stood out there for like a minute, and I had to come back inside. I said, this is miserable. I started sweating. I was like, what is going on? I know it's June in Alabama, but holy smokes, man. It is hot outside. So – Please be careful. Hope y'all are uh, staying safe, Uh, but have a great day. I hope you're having a great day. Enjoy this weather. If you're fortunate enough to to be outside, drink water, stay hydrated, and um, enjoy the weather, though. It's beautiful outside. It is hot, though, so stay hydrated and be careful. Uh, we got a few more minutes before we uh, get on the phone with Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC for his usual 3.30 Thursday slot. We'll talk to him uh, about everything going on in the SEC with Sam Pittman of Arkansas getting an extension. Uh, he'll, I'll ask him about Auburn landing Coy Moore, the LSU wide receiver and a couple of other topics around the SEC, including uh, the SEC teams in the Super Regional. So that'll be with Chris Gordy coming up at 3.30, who is the host of Locked On SEC. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Really excited about that conversation. Also, if you missed any of today's show, especially in hour number one, we had Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. He was in to talk a lot of Auburn football recruiting. So if you missed that or any other part of the show today, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the the line wherever you get your podcast you can call in be a part of the show i'd love to hear from you 334 321 1390 and just kind of continuing on with this conversation with auburn bringing in nine players this weekend auburn football that is bringing nine players in for recruiting this weekend nine is a lot of players to bring in on one on one weekend alone and i feel like if you're auburn you've got to be careful right? You have to be careful. You're bringing in nine players for a visit. How do you make sure that you make, how do you make sure you have every single one of those players feel like they're important? You know, you can do the group activities and stuff, but I feel like there's got to be a way to, to make sure that one of the guys doesn't just feel left out or even feel like he's not being made a priority because let's be honest on a recruiting trip and on a recruiting visit, when you're the recruit, you want to make it feel like you're the only one there. You want to make it – you want to feel that that school and that program and those coaches, they have to have you on their team to be successful. That's how you want to feel. And so if you're a coach of the team, right, if you're Brian Harson or whoever on the coaching staff – you've got to make sure that with all nine of them on campus doing the same thing at the same time, you've got to make sure that they know that you know they're there, you're happy that they're there, you want them on your program and on your team, and I feel like this team and this staff can do that. Not that I know how any of that goes. I've never been a football coach. But what I'm saying is when you have that many guys coming on campus, you don't want one of them to get lost in the weeds a little bit, if if that makes any sense to what I'm trying to say. You don't want to – Lose track of a guy or lose sight of a guy, and you want to make sure he knows he is there and you want him there, right? So, Auburn has nine guys coming on campus this weekend. And look, I didn't ask Christian what he thought about the confidence that Auburn gets them, but he talked a lot about their status, right? And a lot of them have Auburn at the top of their list that are coming in this weekend, which is why they're coming in for official visits, right? And you only get five of them as a high school player. So realistically Auburn is in the top five of all of these guys coming in unless they just have an official visit to waste, which I don't think that's the case with any of the players coming in this weekend. So when you look at it and Auburn brings these guys in this weekend, you've got to understand you have a chance to get these kids. You have a chance to get a player that can change your program because there's some big time kids coming in this weekend. There was a couple that Christian talked about that even are flying under the radar a little bit. That he is really, really impressed with. And yet, a lot of them, I would say five of the nine that are coming this weekend have Auburn at the top of their list, and the other ones are at least in the mix, right? You're at least in the mix. And so, again, what I've talked about is what can Auburn sell to these guys? What can Auburn tell recruits right now that can compete with Alabama and Georgia? What's your opinion? What can Auburn say right now? To get a kid to come, to, to come here rather than go to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, wherever. What do you think? 334 321 1390. I think it comes down to selling the future and just doing it the right way. I think that's all you can sell right now because you can't sell and promise wins because that hasn't happened yet. You can't promise big-time development because that hasn't happened yet. You obviously can't promise championships. That hasn't happened yet. He's only been here one year, Brian Harson has, and you can't guarantee a whole lot after one year. And if I'm a recruit, I'm going to have that in the back of my mind. I'm going to say, you've been here for a year. I don't know if you're going to be successful or not, but you've got to be able to convince them that you will be successful, and you have to show them the steps that you're taking to be successful. That's what you have to do. And so what do they say this weekend to these recruits and all of the other recruits that come on campus? What do you say to sell Auburn right now? I'm curious to what you think about that, because in my opinion, you've just got to sell the future and the process and the, and the, the style that you're going to play and the style that you're going to train and the style that you're going to practice, that you're going to play some football and you're going to work and work hard, but it's going to be rewarding. That's the only thing that Auburn can sell right now because again, you can't sell any of the the wins or pro, uh, the championships or development right now, but I think in years to come they will. They will be able to sell those things. But right now, you just got to get kids on campus, get them on the team and then work with them after that. Auburn's starting to get good recruits on the team and on campus to try and get them to commit. Eventually, Auburn's gonna land some big names, and the class is gonna jump up in the rankings. It's gonna happen. And I think it's gonna happen very soon. I'm confident. A lot of other people are confident in Auburn's recruiting right now. I think you should be as well. And again, just give us some time. Stay tuned. We're gonna have Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Thursday edition of On the Line. 30 minutes left in the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins here with you in hour number two on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn-Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Welcoming back Chris Gordy, the host of Locked On SEC. Chris, there's a lot going on in the SEC, man. Let's jump right into it. Uh, some of the news that came out a week or so ago, Sam Pittman at Arkansas... Had a new contract. He got an extension with Arkansas. Was this something you saw coming, and is this a good move for the Razorbacks?
0: Yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, they've been, uh, you know, Arkansas has been nothing but arrow pointed upward since Sam Pittman has has stepped on campus. And so, um, yeah, I mean, look, with with all the jobs that opened this past offseason and, you know, a lot of names that are getting thrown around. I understand like right now, Sam Pittman's maybe not the hottest name and, you know, guy that maybe the Notre Dame's and people would have been coming after, but let him have another successful season in Arkansas. That certainly could have happened. I mean, you know, he, he took over this program, won three games and they were throwing a parade uh, when he went three and seven, just because it was better than the Chad Morris debacle. (laughs) And then to go nine and four this past year with a big win over a ranked Texas team at the time. And, you know, win the Outback Bowl, like, yeah, the, the arrow is pointed upward. So I think it was more, it wasn't necessarily rewarding him for what he's done, because you know, overall, when you look at, it, he's 12 and 11 at Arkansas, 7 and 11 in the SEC. It's not great. It's absolutely an improvement from where they were, but I think that was more so to cover their bases to say, look, we think Sam Pittman's going to keep taking a step forward with this program, and we want to go ahead and protect him and make sure he's not going to jump ship if. One of these other programs comes calling, and you know Sam Pittman even said he made a mistake. He was on the Scott Van Pelt show and said, "This is where I want to retire. This is where I want to. You know, I don't want to go anywhere else." And as we know, that's not what you say when you have an agent because uh, it it takes any negotiations out or wiggle room out for the uh, for the um, the your agent to get you more money because all you you just made it known. You don't want to go anywhere else, so it makes negotiations a lot easier for Hunter your and checking company. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, again, like, it's a great spot. It's a great fit. They love him. He loves them. Uh, he's just got to continue to win there and, and hopefully take that step forward. And I think Arkansas has got a good shot this year. Uh, I haven't been as bullish on K.J. Jefferson as others, but a lot of people think K.J. Jefferson can have a meteoric rise this year, have a fantastic, productive season for Arkansas. And maybe we're talking about a New Year's Day bowl, bowl game for Arkansas, in a 10-win season. It's certainly possible.
3: Well, I, I don't think there's enough hype around Arkansas. That's one of the things I've been saying is I think they're going to be a really good team that could finish third or fourth in the SEC West. And, you know, extending Sam Pittman, he's done a lot of good things in, in the little bit of time that he's been there. Do you see him making Arkansas a, a legitimate threat in the SEC in years to come?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what he can do. Um, you know, when you look at how the schedule shapes up this year, you get Cincinnati, which is a tough non-conference game to start the year. Keep in mind, this is a team just coming off of a, a playoff appearance, but they do lose Desmond Ritter. They do lose a lot of those guys in that secondary. As you know, if you watch the NFL draft, you saw a lot of Cincinnati guys get drafted. But if they can win that one, man, week two, you got a quick turnaround with Shane Beamer and, and Spencer Rattler coming in. Uh, right into SEC play, and so and then week four you're, you're playing Texas A&M in Dallas again. So that's those are really those are three tough games right out of the gate for for Sam Pittman and company. So you know as much as I can see them taking a step forward and, and maybe being a 10 win team this year and, and getting to a New Year Six bowl, I could also see them taking a step back and saying nine wins was was really good last year, but a tougher schedule this year. They got to go to BYU. They get Liberty. Um, you know, it, it certainly could be maybe like a seven and five type season for Arkansas this year as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? Like if, if that Ogeron can, the, the, everything can align for him in one year and he gets a Joe Burrow and, you know, wins a Heisman and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and all those guys at LSU had that magical 2019 season. Could that happen for Sam Pittman? Yeah. I, I think it could happen. You know, it's, Is it this year, or is it going to take five more years? I don't know. Time will tell. But, again, I I, I just think Sam Pittman's in a good spot with Arkansas right now. And and he's in a good spot because, God, Chad Morris was so bad. And, you know, they they just had a bad run of uh, of football for a handful of years there. And, and obviously, he's beloved there.
3: Talking to Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, Auburn Picked up a former LSU wide receiver, so from one SEC school to the other, Coy Moore through the transfer portal. Used to be a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Was a former 300 or a top 300 player coming out of high school. Are you impressed with the pickup for Auburn football? What kind of impact did he make on uh, for the Tigers this fall?
0: Yeah, and he's he's a guy who went to my high school as well. Really? Uh,
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, a very like he never really lived up to the hype that they wanted at LSU. You know, he was a, it was a very ballyhooed wide receiver, uh, highly, highly ranked, um, you know, on the scouting services. And they, they were expecting, you know, him to come in and contribute immediately. Keep in mind, he was coming in in 2020 and that was the year where Justin Jefferson had just left for the NFL draft and Jamar Chase was coming back, but Jamar Chase ended up opting out of that COVID year altogether. So it opened the door for guys to step in and, Kayshawn Boutte comes in and makes a name for himself, and everybody was kind of looking at Coy Moore, going, "All right, where, you know, what can this kid do?" And and he had, I want to say, it, it was a, it was against a lesser opponent in 2020. He, he it was, um, I forget who it was, but he he had a good sh- a good showing in one of those games, and you kind of saw it, and you went, "Okay, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is going to be his breakout game." And then last year, you know, the injury bug hit him, and he only played in a couple games, and he was somewhat productive. But you know, only five catches for seventy-one yards last year. So he's a guy that, again, all the talent in the world isn't going to click. And I think Auburn's got an opportunity where he can he can come in and, and absolutely get get some early playing time and, and uh you know help out whoever the quarterback is going to be there because you know I think that's that's the big problem you know last year was it felt like they never really recovered from you know losing Anthony Schwartz and you know the the trio of guys they had the year prior. So Um, Yeah, I think uh, I think Koy Moore's got as good a shot of anybody to go in there and and contribute immediately for Auburn because, uh, man, you know what I saw in the spring, they're lacking some consistency there.
3: Absolutely, and that's kind of where I want to go with this, Chris. Is what does it mean for Auburn? You know, not with Koy Moore specifically, but just to bring in another wide receiver to a room that they are still trying to establish. How does he impact that? You know, just bringing another wide receiver into the room.
0: Yeah, it's it's a guy to help the quarterback. And again, I you know I, I, I say this with no disrespect to T.J. Finley. I, I just think it's I think it's got to be Zach out at this point. Just um, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how things play out once we get into summer ball and all that. But you know, Shedrick Jackson is, is you know a nice a nice player who was who was uh, pretty productive last year behind Kobe Hudson, but. You know, it, it just man, you're you're you were waiting for somebody else to step up, and it just never really happened. And so, you know, I don't know, is this going to be a year where they get Jarquez Hunter involved a lot more in the passing game? We've heard that, you know, throughout the spring that they want to get him out out more in space and wheel routes and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. And then obviously with we'll Shanker back at tight end, um, you know, great great option there. But, uh man, yeah, they, they it's you got to get back to where you were a couple of years ago with a, a steady Diet of a good receiving core that you feel like you can trust, that can make tough catches in space, and uh, and get up and go. I mean, you know, who's the last blazing uh, wide receiver that you know could could catch it on a hook around it and go you know 50, 60, 70 yards down the field? It just feels like it's been a little while since Auburn's had that.
3: Talking to Chris Gordy, the host of Locked On SEC. Let's switch over to baseball because. Yet again, the SEC has dominated postseason play. With the Super Regionals beginning on Saturday, you have teams like Tennessee and Texas A&M. You also have Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Auburn. Not to mention Oklahoma and Texas, who will be in the SEC in a couple of years, are all in the Super Regionals. What does it mean? And you know, how does why has the SEC dominated yet again? Another sport.
0: Yeah, I think the offenses have been fantastic, but I think also you found uh, some teams have really had some guys step up pitching-wise. I think uh, with Auburn, you know, Joseph Gonzalez has been as as steady as you can get out there. Mason Barnett has had some nice outings. You know, he had the tenth strikeout outing against UCLA this past weekend. So, you know, in this time of year, you can go as far as your pitching can take you, but um, also, you know, if you can have an electric offense, which Tennessee has had all season, and you know, what we saw from Auburn this past weekend. My goodness, with the 19 runs, 21 runs, and then 11 runs, uh, that's the kind of hot streak that that it, your offense can carry you. And and look, this Oregon State team is a good team, but it's not the uh, you know it's not the Pat Casey teams that that we've seen in years past that just have that dominant, dominant pitching and you know stud defensive fielding and all that. Oregon State's good, but they're beatable. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm picking Auburn to win to win the, uh, the super regional out in Corvallis, and I think they can get to Omaha. And if you'd have told me that about a month ago, I would have said you're crazy. You know, I, I didn't think Auburn uh, would be making a deep run. I didn't think Ole Miss would be into a super regional. And Texas A&M, my goodness, I thought that they, you know, we thought that they were dead in the water. Um, you know, at least coming into the year, we thought A and M was going to be one of the worst teams in the SEC. And Jim Schlossnagel's done a fantastic job there. But if I'm talking about uh, pressure on somebody—it's got to be on Tony Vitello in Tennessee. I mean, you've been the best team in the country for much of this year. You've been the number one-rated team. You, you've had the most—one of the most historic seasons in Tennessee the history of Tennessee baseball. Like, just getting to Omaha is not enough. I know Auburn's talked about that this past week, saying just getting Omaha is not enough. We want to go win it. But for Tennessee, man, if they fall short, it's—it's going to be very disappointing because. All, everything they've done this year, all the records they've broken, the wins and the SEC championship and all that, like you've got to bring it home and, and try to win a national championship.
3: You're talking about a Tennessee team that is a 56-7 and record. They've lost a total of seven times all year long. So you're absolutely right. I agree with you. I think the pressure is on Tennessee, not just this weekend, but going into the rest of the postseason play and into Omaha. Looking at the Super Regional matchups for all of the SEC teams, which thing or which team do you think has the toughest matchup this weekend in the Super Regional?
0: Oh man, you know I'm, I'm I was just getting ready to do my uh, do my preview uh, pieces for the podcast for tomorrow. I'm, I'm breaking down all the all the supers, but I, again, like I like Auburn's matchup with with Oregon State. I don't think that's a tough one. A&M a and M getting a good Louisville team, I think is. Uh, they're, they're going to face some tough challenges with, with Louisville uh, just because of their pitching and what they have. Um, Notre Dame, I wouldn't sleep on them at, at Tennessee. I mean, again, it's, it's a series that, that Tennessee needs to win and should win, but Notre Dame's been sneaky good. Um, man, I, you know, maybe I would say the uh, Arkansas going to North Carolina is going to be a really tough go. Uh, I like Arkansas. I mean, they finally started to kind of figure it out here. Uh, towards the end of the year, and, you know, they came into the season highly ranked and kind of stubbed their toe with uh, inconsistent pitching throughout the middle of the season. But I would say Arkansas and North Carolina's probably got the toughest one. Old Miss, you know, like, they're – I know Southern Miss is ranked, but, man, LSU really let some opportunities slip last weekend. I, I thought, you know, Florida let an opportunity slip away, Vanderbilt, and LSU. We honestly should we – have, we have five SEC teams in the Supers. We should have had eight because oh, Vanderbilt, <laughs> wow. Florida, and LSU all lost by one run in their elimination game last weekend. Like, it really should have been eight SEC teams. But uh, I think Ole Miss can absolutely beat Southern Miss. I, I wasn't all that impressed with what I saw from uh, from, from the Golden Eagles. But, uh, yeah, if we're talking about who has the toughest road, I would say it's Arkansas against North Carolina. And who has the easiest, I would probably say uh, I think Ole Miss can go in the, in the Hattiesburg and win that one.
3: Talking to Chris Gordy, the host of Locked On SEC, you mentioned having, could the possibility of the SEC having eight teams in the Super Regionals. You want to talk about people being mad. People would be so upset if the SEC got eight teams in the Super Regional, but let me ask you this before I let you go. How many SEC teams win this weekend and move on? You don't have to necessarily give specifics unless you want to, but how many of the five move on this weekend? Jeez,
0: uh... I'll say three. Uh, I mean, I'm just just gonna play the odds there and say that uh, I think three of them will will get in. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm gonna take the gamble. I'm gonna say Tennessee is there. I'm gonna say, you know, like look, I know Texas a and a higher seed over Louisville, but it does feel like they've played with magic all year. You know, like like they shouldn't be there, but they are. Um, again, I, I feel like Ole Miss can win that series against uh, against Southern Miss. So. I, again, I'll just play the odds and say and say I think three get in. Uh, but, man, all, Auburn, Auburn against Oregon State, I feel good about. Arkansas against North Carolina, I don't. So we'll say three of the five.
3: Well, I appreciate you and your time as always. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all of your work. Yeah, just uh,
0: go to YouTube, search Locked on SEC, or wherever you find your podcast, search Locked on SEC. And uh, we got it up there for you. We're going to be uh, getting into some really good stuff in the next couple of weeks. SEC Media Days uh, coming up uh, just next month. So we're going to have a lot of fun stuff planned for all that week. And it's uh, going to be some great stuff. Go check us out on YouTube.
3: Good deal. Well, man, as always, I appreciate you and your time. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Definitely, man. Thanks.
3: That was Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Make sure you go and find that podcast. Uh, he said to search it on YouTube. So just search Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube is where he said to go. So make sure you go and do that. Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. There's no doubt we're just gonna have a lot of good content coming up in the next couple of weeks and with SEC Media Days coming up. So they should have a lot of good content, and he will have some good stuff here on the show. He comes on every Thursday at 3:30. Let's take our last break here in the Thursday edition of On the Line. When we come back, I'll have final take and wrap it up. Stay tuned. You're listening to On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. (music) Wrapping up the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. On the line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Big thank you to Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Just got off the phone with him and talked about uh, the SEC teams in the baseball super regionals this weekend. Also talked to him about the new Auburn wide receiver, Coy Moore, the transfer from LSU, and also asked him about Sam Pittman at Arkansas, the head coach who got an extension and what that means for the Razorbacks. So great interview with Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC If you missed any of it, make sure you go and search for the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Also, in hour number one, we talked to Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. uh, Had a lot of Auburn football recruiting updates and information about guys that have been on campus, guys that are coming to campus and what to expect from those visits and also all of these elite camps that Auburn football has been hosting and will be hosting in the next couple of weeks. So, Great information from Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. If you missed any of that interview any of the Chris Gordy interview or anything else on today's show make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast phone lines are open for the next few minutes if you want to call in right before we get out of here 334-321-1390 also, make sure you stay tuned. As soon as I'm off the air, it'll be the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. And make sure you tune in at 5:30, okay? 5:30 on the Drive. They'll be talking to Auburn baseball, Sonny DeShera. He will be on the show at 5:30, talking about the upcoming matchup with Oregon State as the team travels out to Oregon today uh, to take on the Beavers this weekend. Starting on Saturday, game two on Sunday, and the if game three on Monday. So 5:30, Sonny DeShera on the Drive, right here on ESPN. 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox sports central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga got about four minutes before we get out of here. And look, my final take for today, I'm trying to think of a good one and something that's related relatable to what we've been talking about. And it's going to be with Auburn football's recruiting transfer portal, all of that kind of put together. Okay. Trust the process. Right? Taking, taking the slang or the, 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 uh, the word from the Philadelphia 76ers when they trust the process, right? But that's what applies here. Trust the process of what's going on with Auburn football recruiting. Trust the process with what's going on with Auburn football and the transfer portal because what they're doing is working. It may not be working super fast and super quickly. And yeah, Auburn may only have two guys on their current recruiting class but they're getting big names to come and visit Auburn, and then when they get them here, they're making good impressions. People are, and the recruits are liking Auburn when they get here, they like Auburn when they leave, and they're really impressed with what Brian Harson and this coaching staff have to say. They're impressed. The new football facility is big-time help for getting recruits here on campus and getting them to commit. That massive building that you cannot miss when you pass by it, it's going to help a lot. you think it's helping now. It's still a big, empty brick building. Imagine when they get everything put in there. You've seen the videos over the years of LSU and Alabama and Clemson and those big schools that have re- redone in Georgia, right, that have redone their football facilities and how it just looks so cool and looks so good. They do that for a reason, folks. Sure, they, they make new facilities for the players to have better workout rooms on a new field, but they do it to impress recruits because It works. 18-year-old kids, they want to go and have the best football facilities in the country, and that's what Auburn's creating. So processes like that and then getting them on campus and convincing them and sitting them down and showing them what you're trying to build here, that works, and it speaks to recruits. And as I've said, Auburn football is doing the little things right, and when you do the little things right, you don't have to worry about the outcome because it'll take care of itself. If you do what you're supposed to do and you do it the right way, everything's going to work out just fine. And so for Auburn, continue to do what you're doing. That's if I could tell Brian Harson what if I could tell him and talk to him, I'd say, "Dude, do exactly what you're doing because I think it's working." And I also think that the mentality of our fan base is it's it's being it's going more positive, right? It's going that way on the scale rather than the other way where it was 5 months ago. I think people are starting to feel a little bit better about it. You hear guys like Christian Clemente come in here, and he's excited about recruiting and where it's going. I am too, and you should be as well, because they're doing the right things, and it's working. It's working. So be patient. Give it time, because the things that they're doing, they're making impacts, and they're making impressions on these kids, and eventually, they're going to start committing left and right. It's going to happen. There's going to be a time in this year where a ton of kids are going to commit in just a couple of weeks' span, and we're going to get to talk about that, and we're going to say all of that work that they put in months ago when they had these kids on official visits and they left campus and they loved it, now they're committing to Auburn. We're going to be able to say that in a couple months, I think. And then in December on the early signing period when these kids commit and sign to Auburn and Auburn has a good recruiting class, we're going to say, where has this been but it's been in the works. That's where it's been. It's been in the works. They are putting in the work and making progress and impressions. And again, you've got to be able to guarantee the three things. You know what they are. Wins, championships, and development. But that's all you can do if you're Auburn right now is make the promise and just tell them what you want to do. You can't guarantee it, but not yet. You can't guarantee it yet. But you can show that you want to get there, and you can show how you're going to get there and why you need that specific player to do so. Be patient. Auburn's doing the right things, and it's all going to come together sooner rather than later. That's it for the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.